Welcome in. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here on YouTube on what is a Sunday night recording time for us, Danny Brams. It's just about the bottom of the hour at the six o'clock hour, almost 630 Eastern time on Sunday night. And it was about 24 hours ago, Danny. We were two hours from kickoff. We oh, were, man. Uh, we were feeling the vibe at Elizabeth Parlor Room. Uh, thanks so much to all, to all of our tremendous friends of the show for making it out to the to the to the watch party on Saturday night. And and we were we were dreaming of a W. And here we are today, almost uh, 24 hours later, and uh, it's a three-one loss. And I know you've got a lot on your mind tonight. Yeah, John. But first, I have to. I just have to give it up because you were right. You called it. You said. I'm feeling a loss. It's it's hard to pick a, a loss for your own team, but you sensed that things were not quite fully solved from the New England loss, and and that you knew. I think you knew more than I did, or at least were willing to admit to yourself more than I was that going into a brand new team, an expansion team that's riding high off a big win and their first game in their home stadium, and they've been waiting for this for years. That's no small task, you know. That's like. A, a, that is a really tough environment to go into, and we we learned it. We learned it the hard way. We effed around and found out a little bit. Uh, nice for Copetti to get the first ever goal in the history of City Park. I, I think that's cool. I wish it would have been enough. Unfortunately, the team completely lost their composure. And I think, you know, we can get into it. I, I'm, I'm first. I'm first and foremost not going to blame the ref. What I will do is blame us for t- getting tilted on a bad ref. The ref was bad. Certainly the ref didn't make the, us lose. But our reaction to bad refing is probably what made us lose. He was putting on a performance, the referee, right. an absolute exactly. performance. You could yeah. tell early and often in that first half. And and Tyler Daly was there, uh, a tremendous friend of the show, someone that One of the OGs. Know, uh, spends a lot of time on a soccer pitch doing refereeing. And, really? And he had mentioned early and often in that match, he said, wow, if he's – if he's stopping play and having these conversations 15, 20 minutes into the match, mm-hmm. then that's not a good sign for how he's going to manage this game from here on out. But yeah, it was the ref show. You remember there was a there was a time like early on when they wouldn't let Westwood take a corner kick. Like it was like a three or four minute process just to be able to like take a corner kick. It was really yeah, every, in fact, he sent one in at a false start. Was, every single stoppage of play. But that being mm-hmm. said, he didn't he didn't head the ball into our net. He didn't right. give it away to a to a St. Louis player, right. and, and he didn't handball one in the box right. either. So I'm not sure it, if Carol handballed either. D- despite the refereeing, <laughs> maybe despite the refereeing, it was last week. We said not good enough, and mm-hmm. strangely enough, I thought yesterday from an attacking and a tactical point of view, it was good enough. Right? If 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 you go and watch that game back, which I plan on doing in the next couple of days. You know, you feel really good about the way Charlotte FC was able to connect with each other, move the ball. You like that goal early. And all of a sudden, the reason why things fall apart is because the team is just patchwork at the back. And that's what happens when you have a, mm-hmm. a desperate signing like Bill Tuiloma, who, who who has played well in this league and has scored goals. and But he's only been in this uh, city and, and in this state for a couple months or excuse me, mm-hmm. a couple weeks and it's showing that there's no chemistry at the back. Mm-hmm. And it's not just mistakes that happened in the back that, that led to, to both goals from open play. It's really egregious mistakes. So if you if you take those egregious mistakes aside and you think about the handball in the box as, as bad luck, which is which it was. I mean, Carol's mm-hmm. arm was, was just a bit uh, outside of his silhouette 
know, I mean, just, the guy the guy kicked it at Carroll's hand. He wasn't even trying to make yeah. a play. He just kicked it at Carroll's hand. But whatever. It was it was it was certainly bad luck. But I came away, even though it was a three <laughs> one loss, I came away feeling better uh, about what I saw on Saturday night compared to the week before at Bank sure. of Stadium. Yeah, forward progress was made that I think we called them an idea, a club with no ideas against New England. They just like had no idea like how to string three passes together to create anything. This week was much better. The the positive signs I thought Camille played his best game as a Charlotte FC player. Honestly, I really do. The way he was so brave on his runs and in traffic and staying up and like could have gone down but stayed up a couple times. That happened in creating the attack that led to Carroll's cross. That was Copetti's goal. And you know, Carroll's gonna Carroll came in for ma- major criticism. He got subbed early. I think the sub early was a mistake. I think you sub Westwood out at that point and keep Carroll. And Carroll had created a goal. Westwood was cooked. He ended up needing a, a sub shortly afterwards. So it's like I would have just kept Carolyn at that point and, and subbed Ashley out because he just – I think Ashley's still getting back in like back-to-back week game shape after coming off a uh, nine-month ankle injury, you know, obviously. So uh, Westwood wasn't great, uh, but Camille was good. Copetti uh, earned a lot of wrath. At, you know, the neutral observer, the casuals out there will be like, oh, this guy's a baby. He's a whiner. He's always complaining because he was. I mean – He's in two games that I've seen him play, regular season games. He's very animated about talking to the ref about when he feels aggrieved. Uh, what I don't like, I don't like that it's like he's always grabbing his his calf and his legs like every single time he goes down. Like just because like like I'm that make that scares me. I was like, I, I, we we can't have Enzo get hurt, right? But but like so when he's like faking an injury, that's just like rate, making my heart rate go up. So just a personal favor to me, Enzo. Like, can you save the? the play acting of being hurt for when you're actually hurt, please. Cause just make my watching experience a little bit better. But uh, I don't know. I, I, in the end, he's just needs to score goals and no one, then it's like, then, then, then if he's an a-hole, he's at least he's our a-hole, you know, and we love him. So, it's, it, you know, I mean, one way or the other, but. I was impressed by him. I, I thought he looked uh, so much better last night than he looked uh, on the first match when he was kind of left out on, on an Island against mm-hmm. new England. I thought last night he looked, fast uh he he was quick to recover balls that were hit deep over the top and i I just came away especially with that headed finish to to start the scoring last night i thought it was Mm -hmm. a a well-taken header perfectly placed a beautiful touch goal and that was the prince that was promised to steal a line from our from our episode (laughs) exactly uh when capetti got signed like that that's what what the 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 high dollar price tag transfer fee was mm-hmm. was set for that plays like that, and and I think with Carol Swiderski being on the end of that, Danny, I think you know I think it's really easy to be to be negative about this loss, but it's three giveaway goals. Let's just you know mm-hmm. I, I really want to get that out there very very clearly. It's three giveaway goals. It's not like this team surrendered three goals. It was three individual moments, mm-hmm. three individual mistakes that surrendered three goals it wasn't about the team play this should have been a 1-1 draw at the very very least should have could have been a 2-1 win uh at i Mm -hmm. think the most or could have been a one nothing win as well if you if you take away those egregious mistakes so you know i i don't want to you know sit here and totally dwell on the past i think we've got to spin things forward to atlanta this saturday at some point but but first danny and we can do that later in the week on our preview show but first the one thing i want to do is get your reaction to the changes christian latanio latanzio made in the starting 11 Uh, it was it was a bold decision to play brant veronico at left back 
Andre Shinyashiki comes in to start in that number 10 position. Kyle Sigursky moves out onto the right. Uh, Camille Yuzviak holds his place at left mm-hmm. back. Derek Jones is injected into the lineup as well. What'd you make of all these changes? So to me, it was a, a, prob- a problem-solving lineup is what I would call it. I thought it solved the problem of you want to get Westwood, Bronico, Jones, and Swiderski all on the field together, right? Uh, and what it did was since Westwood, Jones, and Bronico are kind of three guys for two spots, and then it allowed you to put Westwood and Jones in the midfield and you still have Bronico on the pitch. And the other thing is if you watched Charlotte FC tactically, we've no one's really talking about this, but it's definitely something I've witnessed just by from the preseason games we went to and then these first two games of the regular season. Latanzio has the left back, whoever it's been, whether it's Mora, Athel, or now Bronico, the left back is playing almost like a second central mid at times. Like they really are just hanging out there off the box. And that's just by design. I mean, he's getting that's when we're in possession. When it's def- when we're defending, then he's back in a typical like left back position, defending that that right wing for the opponents. But when we're in possession, watch our left back, whoever it is, is really moving up. And you saw Bronico in a lot of central positions for sure. He was wide. He was coming. He was wide coming into the box, sort of trailing the play. There you can p- see him react on the Copetti goal. He like he's like one of the first people to go, yeah, like you know, it's great. So, but he was getting all over the pitch. At times, he even moved all the way over to the right. It, it was kind of end of game desperation situation. But one time, he came all the way over to the right and like served up across from the right, and then like ran back to his spot on the left. So, I don't know. I don't think Bronico was the problem. We had a uh, a Tifo's question, I think from a friend of the show, Mike Volak, who just wanted to know, like, was the Bronico experiment a good one? Uh, From my point of view, it wasn't what cost us the match. And Brant, I think he was kind of learning the position in real time in in a way. Like, he was kind of like, oh, this is what I need to do. This is not what I need to be doing now. He's kind of like questioning him. But I don't know. Affle, or excuse me, Volak says, you know, considering we we win 1-0 if you take away all the breakdowns, would you run back the same lineup? I almost probably would, except we also have to talk about Nuno Santos, the impression he made in coming in as a sub. Does he deserve more minutes? So he he's adding to the selection dilemmas in midfield for sure. That's maybe why Carroll out at the at the right wing was another kind of experiment that Latanzio went with. What did you think of that? What did you think of Carroll on the right wing as a left-footed player? He did serve in the cross for the assist. He got – I mean, people – he basically got, like, ripped in this game. What His – Sofa score rating 6.8 was it could have been worse, I think, but I, I just saw a lot of criticism of him. People have high expectations for him. I actually think he's not getting the ball enough. I just think he needs to be a guy like a Zellerayon, like a heel, like a Reynoso, who just always has the ball because he does good things with it. He served up this assist real nice. The assist he served to Copetti tonight was kind of like the priest, the uh, the a Birmingham Legion assist that he served up to Yusviak. So I, I don't know. I, I like his crosses coming in from the wing a lot right now. I do too. It was, it was a good decision. And I, I think that Christian Latanzio um, injecting Andre Shinyashiki into the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was an interesting move as well. Um, there, there's two two issues when you talk about player ratings, right? You, Andre mm-hmm. Shinyashiki and Brant Bronico both rated under a six, which yeah. is which is pretty poor. And that's mm-hmm. that, that's obviously not ideal. And you look at the situation and you ask yourself why. I mean, you can dive into to Brant Bronico's stats and you can see, you know, there's one one ground duel out of eight, one, um, and just uh, not a lot of 
uh, key passes and just not a lot of real action into the game. I think yeah. he was a Band-Aid. And as far as like his future at left back and him being a permanent replacement there, the answer is no way. Sure. But for, for Brandt to be able to play that position mm-hmm. and do so – when the manager asked him to do and do so in of course somewhat of a, remember he wasn't one of the guys that that, that gave up one of the goals um i'm more concerned about andre shinyashiki and his low sofa score at at 5.8 <clears throat> not a not a ton of accuracy with his pass passes Here's only shot map. only uh one shot uh and it was off target uh didn't really dribble the ball well Mm-hmm. And and struggled on the ground too. Lost lost possession a bunch of times. Uh, yeah, sixteen is not good. <laughs> it, it's yeah. So you, you look at you look at Andre Shinyashiki. Thirty nine touches and sixteen possessions lost. So that's like half of his touches. Basically, he's given the ball to the opponent. That's Ben Bender like numbers. Yeah, that's it's obviously not ideal. And uh, but it doesn't deter me from thinking that ultimately, like the, we're very close to finding the eleven, but mm-hmm. it's but we haven't found it yet. And that's a problem because we've already played two matches. <laughs> right. You know what I well, mean? It's it, like, it made me think Latanzio was listening to the pod because, like, my suggestion was last episode or last week was, like, put Camille at left back, right? And he didn't do Camille, but he did do an experimental left back to sort of get our talented players uh, to get Derek and, and Brandon Ashley all on the pitch together. It was it was a good, like, it was a nice try. I hope we don't necessarily have to do it again. Uh, we had some TFOs tweeting us today that were like, I want to see Hamidi Diop at the left back if we're just going to be doing experiments, and that might not be uh, such a bad idea. I mean, the youngster, there's there's teenagers making an impact in this league every day. So, um, yeah, it's it's sad that like Tui Loma, even with the own goal, still had a, a way higher rating than Brandt or Andre. I feel like Brandt being so out of position all the time probably is what cost him in the sofa score ratings because he, he was just all over the place. Like I said, like our left back has really been playing up in this area, like right here, a ton of times. Just like I agree. Like moving in there, and uh, and then we really like that leaves Camille isolated on the wing. He did better this game. This was like I said, I said Camille. He's the highest rated Sofa Score player. He definitely was was a, a true warrior out there tonight. The Polish Bulldog. I mean, like a lot. I love a bright red heat map spot in the attacking zone. You know, and he he made some things happen on these runs for sure. Again, he got the hockey assist on Enzo's goal. Uh, even sent in some cross. Even sent in a cross, which he didn't. He didn't accomplish last game. So uh, there you go. In an unforgettable uh, two games, or maybe a forgettable two games, if if you're a Charlotte FC fan, that, someone that's actually sticking out is uh, Camille Yuzviak as as a player that I think is is playing well right now, and that's a good thing because Enzo Capetti is as well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, I, I was looking at the. I didn't realize you were clicking through all this as I was looking at another web page here as well. So I appreciate you bringing this up and put it and showing our viewers kind of how we break things down. Yeah, a little but, visual aid for the people. Remember yeah, I think if 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 you could, um, you know, take a look at at this eleven and shout out to Pablo Cisneyega. I know that he isn't rated high uh, as well. You know, there's he could have. It could have been four-one with four mm-hmm. giveaway goals because he he early on in the first half gave away the ball and almost caused yeah, the goal yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that what that move you would get called for a foul in, in in FIFA video game if you try to slide tackle the keeper to steal the ball away. But whatever. Yeah. So I mean, Paulus well, he did leave it exposed. He did leave it exposed. But I mean, now I'm drinking wine again. Now that you mentioned that play, I'm oh. I'm proud of you for doing that. I'm 
taking it easy after last night's party. Had a, such a great time at the at EPR Elizabeth Parlor room. It was great to see everybody there. And 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 Pablo, I think at some point someone turned around to me and said, yeah, "Is is there a goalkeeper competition?" And there's there's been a goalkeeper competition, of course, uh, since uh, last the end of last year. There there absolutely has been that. So. I just love Pablo's mentality. I'm a huge shout out to Pablo because I just love the way, like his pregame, his game face just really is like a, like what I want to see out of a goalkeeper. I have a theory that there's like, you've heard me say on the show before, the goalkeeper is always crazy. There is the opposite effect of that, which is the stoic goalkeeper. And Pablo is like the stoic goalkeeper and really just, he hasn't necessarily put, but it was all errors. It was an own goal. It was the back pass. Like, he, for the most part, has really locked it down back there with some spectacular diving saves, some quick reactions. He made a point Blake save in the box in this match. And, yeah, 6.3 is pretty harsh on him, I got to say. So as far as finding out what the 11 is, I don't know. We're going to go through our uh, projected 11 come uh, Thursday for our preview episode. Danny, I know you're you're traveling this week. You're, you're headed Ooh. to the SEC basketball tournament, men's yeah. basketball tournament. Hoops time, yep. Uh, that'll be fun. So back-to-back travel weeks for for you and I. You're headed out of town this weekend, but uh, but our attention will, will still be. Is, is someone going to fill in for me on Thursday, or, or what, what are we going to do? I don't. Good know. question. Maybe I'll just show up and talk for <laughs> sixty minutes about how. Can Beamer have we taught Beamer enough about soccer that she could fill in on the show? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Shout We're out to the bar to the bartenders and the staff over at uh, Elizabeth Parlor Room for taking yeah, care. Yeah, they of treated us, us very nicely and pouring those Modellos all night. Um, you know, I still feel like I. I'm drinking Modellos at this point. Free Modellos for the people, man. I, I think I, we were happy to do it. It was so great. Like a, a couple dozen people showed up and hopefully we'll grow. Like, it's not like we're, it, we probably couldn't fit a hundred people in there, but if we got 50, I think we'd be all, all having a really good time. So, Oh, it was great. Yeah. The, the app, yeah. the scenes when the first goal went in. Yes. Right? That, that's why I'm like yeah. kind of torn. Like I want to do like a game breakdown, but I also want to just talk about how, the scenes in EPR when that when that goal went in, it was just absolutely lit in there. People were so pumped, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was a celebratory mood. And, and things change quickly, and that that can happen in soccer. Um, but the good moments last night on Saturday I had to resist night, the urge to do a beer shower. I, I was like, <laughs> I was like wait, this is a glass. I, I'm holding a glass pint glass i can't throw this thing up in the air so yeah it was pretty funny it was it was beautiful to celebrate that goal it was great to see so many good friends but ultimately sean fc doesn't get the result and that's two games zero points a third game uh, a noon game against atlanta united this feels like a i'm I'm not going to give an early prediction but i'll give give an early lean this feels like the first three points of the season Atlanta's kind of skating by. I mean, they two injury time goals to beat a pretty bad San Jose team at home in the first week and then could barely scrape by a 1-1 draw. They did get a little hard done by on a VAR overturned potential game winner uh, against Toronto. That game was on. Uh, we watched the first hour or so of that before Charlotte kicked off, and then it was on. We had a had an eye on it in the corner just uh, from time to time, as as because uh, there's lots of good, lot of screens at EPR. Like there's tons of screens. If if needed be, if needs be, we get into a playoff chase. We can be watching multiple games at once. There, I'm I'm loving that aspect of it. But regardless, Atlanta better be the first three points of the season, man. That's all I could say. Because like uh, you're at that point now. Yeah, you're, you're feeling yeah. like you're down at the bottom of the table. Did I see that there was? Right. Only two teams in the Eastern Conference that that haven't gotten a point yet. Us in Montreal, I think. Yeah, I can double check the exact standings here. I'll, I'll share the screen again. But uh, 
Uh, I said this uh, in a text message earlier. Like I looked at the table and I saw that we were on the same list as all the bad teams. And I thought to myself, well, does that make us one of the bad teams? I, I don't know. But there's St. Louis up at the top, uh, unbeaten with a three-plus goal differential. We're down here with Montreal and Houston. Yeah, the only Eastern teams. New York City even has one point. Uh, Houston has looked really bad. Vancouver's been bad. Uh, Galaxy. They they only played one game, but they got kind of smashed by Dallas last night, so or Saturday night, I should say. So, um, it's tough, man. It's tough, but I think we have a chance to sneak. Atlanta is probably not this good to be a you know top six team right now. I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking at this point. I was probably a little too overconfident last week, so I'm trying to like temper my expectations a little more this week. I tried to help you with that. <laughs> I did. I, I I tried to tell you, man. It, was, it wasn't setting up for a. Or W, you you've watched this team. It's just really difficult. You did. You Char- Char- Charlotte FC just does not have sex- success on the road. and That's it's, true. It's just something that this club, this franchise, hasn't been able to accomplish, sustained success. Yeah, there's been some outliers. You go back to Last City, mm-hmm. and you, you talk about the famous win over In NYCFC. Yeah. And you can remember that. But but I can remind you about a ton of different games that this club lost on the road last year. And that that is going to continue to happen until this team can get shored up at the back. And I think ultimately that's where we are between the Miguel Angel Ramirez era and the Christian Latanzio era right now for Charlotte Mm -hmm. FC is that the shift has been fully made at this point last year. And by the way, injuries have a lot to do with this. I'm just waiting for Guzman Carujo to yeah. uh make it back to the starting lineup and when he does he's been practicing he's been in, he's he's been practicing um so so maybe we see him this weekend but probably not I um, do think that's part of what's been going on with Tuoloma because Tuoloma is a guy who had to fight for his place in Portland like for he was kind of in a three-man rotation for two spots for a couple years in Portland and now he comes to this new team he's plugged into the starting lineup but he knows coming down the line is like the stud center back that's going to be locked into the lineup as soon as he's healthy to go. So I feel like Bill's like trying to do too much now in this like time he has. Right. And that's why he, for some reason, decided to jump up and, and head that ball, uh, pop it up over Pablo's head. For me. I mean, the, the one thing that I'll say is that um, Bill Tuoloma is not terrible. I, it, it, it just comes down to chemistry, Danny. It just comes down to chemistry for me. I, that's all right. I, I'm not trying to see him play. For you know, two matches in in Charlotte FC and say he's not good enough. No, I mm-hmm. just I'm just I'm just not like satisfied with the actual chemistry situation at the back. And the reason why I brought up MAR is because at this point last year the 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 strength of the team was the the spine. The strength of the team was the center back positions. Mm-hmm. The strength of the team was the defensive midfield. And it seems to me that there's been a shift here in the last um, basically six months that has gone from defensive style football to front foot style football. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's good, but ultimately individual mistakes at the back will absolutely burn you in that scenario. Because when you're playing ambitious front foot football, when you're trying to make things happen in the opposition's final third, especially when you're on the road and you leave someone high and dry in the back, you're just asking for mistakes to be made from a group of people who barely play together. Think about this. I I just need to reiterate this. It was a Brant Bronico, Adielsa Melanda, Bill Tuiloma, and Nathan Byrne back line. 
Imagine if I told you that six months ago that right. that was going to be the back like, who? line. <laughs> who? <laughs> right? Who? Who are these people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, a year ago would have been a who? Like what the hell? It needs I would have been, surpri- been especially surprised to hear Tuloma's name. It needs to be. It needs to be shored up quickly. I think they need to be going for a clean sheet on Saturday. And this is going to sound pitiful, but I just want to set the expectation for this week, at least early in the week, how I'm feeling about Saturday's match against Atlanta. Like, if if you offered me a nil-nil draw right now, I think I might take it. Oof. Oof. <laughs> What's the line? Uh, um, I might take it. Here's the deal. There's one person we need to see. There's one person I need to see that's going to make me feel good that we're going to go beat Atlanta. And I think you know who it is. So here's the, here's the deal. I, uh, at the party at, at Elizabeth Pit Parlor Room, I was having a grand old time. You know, I had plenty plenty of uh, spirits to lift me up, and I was really loving the community f- feel and the vibe and everything. So I was kind of, you know, overplaying. You know, I was kind of like in a hyperbolic mood. So I was, you know, kind of walking around the place going, fire everyone, sack them all. Latanzio out, you know, Coach Fuchs, let's go, you know, fire everybody, fire, you know, fire, uh, fire anyone, anyone and everyone, really, to be honest. But there's one person I do, I do think needs to get dropped. Uh, fired's a harsh word. I'm not going to say that, but he needs to be dropped. It's uh, burnt. I need to see Jalen Lindsay starting it right back against Atlanta United. If Jalen Lindsay starts, we will win. I, I That's my that's my pick of the game. I'm going to uh, throw away. I'm going to, like reveal my uh i guess a spoiler is what i'm trying to say for thursday's uh full match preview but i will just say this that if Jalen Lindsay starts against atlanta that's how we will win he's got to be out there at some point we want to see these young players get some minutes and Jalen Lindsay is is that for charlotte fc you're talking about a kid who has been with the program been with the fr- with the franchise he should be a plug and play at that po- at this point at right back. And instead we're seeing Nathan Byrne, who has experience. Yes. Ton of experience. And that's what yeah, we said Latanzio likes. And I think we got sold a bill of goods on Byrne at this point. Because we were told that this is a guy who's like a dynamic, like makes attacks happen, like a key to unlock your offense. And he's not offered any of that I, so I actually far. think he's a bit of a defensive liability, to be honest with you. But. And that too. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. He's not making things happen dynamically. And he's paying for it on the back end. He got a yellow card. If it were me, we talked sofa score ratings. They they gave Brandt a 5.4. They gave Byrne a 6.6. I would flip those. Byrne was the 5.4 for me. He really just didn't get it done and it was it was kind of annoying to watch him by the end and i'm not the only one i know by the end of the match like all of us were like man it may be time to like give this guy a spot on the bench just to like see because we got a 24 year old maybe 25 i think Jalen is 25 by now like we got like this young like entering his prime signed to a longer term deal local product you know like let's connect with our fans a little bit here as a club with the lineup when we can and especially when it's clear and obvious that Burns not getting it done, and Lindsay has to offer something. I thought Lindsay was pretty good in the, in the preseason match we saw. Again, I, I, we're getting almost to the point where I can I should stop referencing preseason stuff. Probably one more match I can get away with it. But like, I thought Lindsay was looked good in the preseason when he was out there. Let's so what can I say? If you can share your screen one more time, I just want to look at the uh, the second half substitution pattern Let's as our it. as our final um, foray into this match that we'd like to soon forget about um and and obviously it's yeah that that's perfect and and just obviously it's so difficult to concede that 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 shit goal you know 45 45 plus five 
to go into mm-hmm. the half down one. That that was a real kick in the nuts. Right. For that changed spot. everything for sure. Yeah, it really was. So anyway, we and get the into the second half. Like, sorry. No, no. I, and uh, there's there's one other thing that jumps out on this page to me is the uh, the amount of yellow cards. Man, yeah, that, that referee just loved putting on a performance. He was like, I felt like he could have been like a ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the way that he was. Uh, getting on his toes to show someone a yellow the the full extension right reach into the, the air yes yeah, exactly yeah, right yeah. yeah he was he and was feeling, feeling himself when when he gave westwood that yellow for descent in, in stoppage time he kind of like was backing our way after giving the yellow and he was like pointing to his head like you're not gonna fool me i i know what you know i'm the man i i'm in control here i'm smarter than you like it was really really pissing me off that guy tilted me hardcore so we get into the second half, and and um, again, this this continues to happen, but it's fine. I, I prefer when I always think a winning side typically makes the first change. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure the the analytics are going to back that up, and I know it's only a couple of minutes before Santos and Vargas enter the match. But, but it's proactive. It's I proactive, love to be proactive. Yeah. Yes, I love I love to shuffle the deck and then mm-hmm. draw the first card. Right, I I, I want to be the one. That, that that gets the first card and and I, I and I was disappointed that Charlotte FC didn't do that before the 67th minute. I would have liked to see uh, both Santos and Vargas come on 10 minutes before that, mm-hmm. right? So um, you know just just because of that, but I and I see that substitution there, Vargas and Santos, and I say, man, that's strong. That's really strong. It's just 10 minutes too late, yeah. and it probably like you. I agree with you. It shouldn't have been Swiderski. And, you know, it, it could have been uh, Westwood in that right. situation. I, I think Westwood was cooked af- after everything he'd gone through. And it's not, no slight on him. Again, he's he's coming back. He's playing his first real competitive matches after a long-term injury. And he's just two games in a row probably was tough for him. Uh, hopefully he's getting re- rest- rested up for Atlanta because he is a huge part of the team. I'm a huge fan. But in that instance, I would have left Carroll out there and subbed him. And, you know – Carol, Carol. At least, as far as I could tell, at least I saw, I saw on the screen. He didn't really, he he didn't take it negative. He didn't like show bad body language or anything when he was subbing off. I, even though it seemed a little early, I, I know he was pissed. I could be. I, if I'm wrong about that, I'll have to go double check on a rewatch. I didn't see it though, um, and you think they would have showed it, but uh, he's just so vital to our team. Like I know he's not above reproach. We called it a bold move when it happened, right? Like oh, that's a bold move to, by. CL to sub Carol that early. I didn't necessarily disagree with it. I just thought that Westwood uh, substitution would have been better. And, um, but again, I am happy to see some subs. Uh, like you said, I might have subbed, I might have subbed Andre at half, to be honest. Uh, as much as I was happy to see him out there, and he's a player that I really do love to watch play soccer. Not sure he was in his best position. I still think of him as a winger. I know Latonzio doesn't, laddie daddy. Uh, just wants it's, to put it's like Latanzio just like was waiting to see that yellow, you know, as soon as he saw yeah, that, yeah, the, the yeah. yellow, he said, okay, we got to, we got to get him gone. And I think, mm-hmm. I think Vargas and Santos probably if they, if they are subbed in 10 minutes earlier, you know, and they, if they take the field 10 minutes earlier and, and, and Klaus doesn't get that um, easy goal to, mm-hmm. to make it three to one, then I think you could be taught potentially talking about a draw here. I think you could potentially potentially be talking about getting some points. And again, mm-hmm. I, I I really want to We uh, definitely and, looked to the likelier side in the last 30 minutes of the game, barring the right. horrible mistake from Milanda for sure. And, and I want to emphasize the ability to have this 
these changes, Santos, Vargas. And by the way, I like how they have Oren McKenzie Gaines is, oh, my God. OMG. Yeah. OMG, too. Yeah. I never really realized his initials were OMG. That's, that's his maybe I, new nickname on the show. Who knows? I have uh, tonight. So to be able to make those offensive changes in the second half, that's an absolute luxury. And again, I think it underscores uh, the issue with this this club right now, and the issue is is at the back. So I think what Christian Lotanzio needs to do is he needs to reach deep down to that Italian football heritage of his and figure out how to make it work this week. It's a huge match with Atlanta coming up. It's a derby. It's a massive match. If you want to get your season kick-started, if you want to forget mm-hmm. about these two losses uh, to start the season, you've got to get a result against Atlanta at home with a back line that has worked hard together and is prepared to communicate on Saturday afternoon at the Fortress. And that decision, who is in the back, it needs to be made today. Like when, right, when, when right, Latanzio yeah. shows up to work tomorrow, yeah. he's tell, he needs to tell four guys, hey, you're the four that are starting mm-hmm. together on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we're going to drill the four of you together all week, and we're going to figure this out. And Pablo's going to be there too, and we're going to build some chemistry here because right now it's it's clearly an issue, and this team will be mm-hmm. better for it when this 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 back line finally figures itself out. But right now it's really, really tough to watch. The funny thing is, Carujo, when he comes back, he has no chemistry with Milanda either. Him and him and uh Guzman and Milanda never played never played together last year. So right. then the process starts all over again if we really want Guzman to come in and, and uh displace uh Tuiloma. So well, Guz- well Guzman's been in training. So technically you could have five where Guzman is kind of the fifth man just shadowing that middleman. So there's yeah, five, yeah, hopefully there's yeah, five exactly. working Probably together. In the same little squad, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for sure. And hey, maybe when Carujo comes back, maybe we actually do experiment with some three at the back lineups. I don't know. I'd like to see a four-four-two. I think we talked about that uh, on Saturday night at the party. I think at this time, it's really about getting the connection between Carol and Copetti. We saw it; it was beautiful. It created a goal, and we need more of that. So let's let's push them closer together on the pitch. I think is another big tactic that we can dive a little deeper into uh, later this week uh yeah man it's it, it's hard like i came i probably was like breathing fire and brimstone when i went to bed last night i, I remember just being so pissed i was just like really angry and latanzio said there's anger in this locker room he said that in his post-game press conference well yeah like we were all angry like um the thankfully sleep it off went for a, actually went for a gorgeous bike ride today on the charlotte train trail uh, it was nice and sunny out, and I just like got 15 miles in, just like cruising speed, just like having a good time, just seeing like all of the lovely people in Charlotte out for walks, walking their dogs, you know, out for runs and having a good time, and uh, cruise through uptown a little bit, and that that just set my head right. That I, anytime I'm like in a in a bad way mentally or physically, like a bike a bike ride is like the perfect thing for me. So it got me back on track, and it just reminded me. Then I started thinking about the perspective of long season, a lot of soccer left. Yep can't hit the panic button and we just need to do better the st louis thing it it just becomes a situation where it was their home opener of their club and we were the odds were stacked against us the ref was horrible and well the other thing the only other thing i want to mention was the tilt that i think that the tilt the ref tilted all our guys but what really tilted our guys and it tilted me too was that guy klaus the designated player striker for st louis uh uh with the big dog food logo on his chest who like as when he didn't even touch this ball that Tuiloma own gold like it was cl- it was like 100% a Tuiloma mistake 
what were you even thinking jumping? Because Klaus didn't jump. He stayed on the ground and didn't even jump. And so then Klaus celebrates like with his fist, like, yeah, like we got this goal. Like, like I did this. And it's like, bro, you didn't do anything. And it just like, it yeah. tilted me so bad. You could tell it tilted Westwood. You could tell it tilted Brawny. Brawny, I think, almost got in a fight later in the match. So composure issues were huge. And, and the fans, I'm allowed to get tilted. I can stomp around Elizabeth part of the room and yell and scream and uh, spill beer on people and, and get away with it for the most part. Maybe people won't want, will not want to hang out with me that much more, anymore. But professional soccer players in the middle of a 90-minute game with a, 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 in a 1-1 situation at that point, you can't go on tilt. You can't go give up a handball penalty in the first half stoppage time. You can't then go do a back pass. And shout out Nuno Santos, man. He created a huge chance for Westwood, and Westwood like fell down in the box trying to draw a penalty when he should have like stayed up and took the shot. He kind of just stumbled. But that was like an insane pass. That pass was like the probably the most sublime moment of the entire night, to be honest. And then the uh, the diving header from a great cross from Kerwin Vargas. So like Vargas and Santos in their cameos so far the season have, have you got to say they've earned more time. So it's a big puzzle for laddie daddy to figure out and how, how to put it together. I'm not super envious of the task, but I totally agree with you that he needs to have already thought it. He needs to have spent all day while I was out riding my bike. He needed to have like been setting. This is who my lineup's going to be and tell those guys on Monday in training, like guys, you're the ones you're going to go. You're my squad to go out and be in Atlanta. Let's, let's practice like it this week. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. You can follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. You can follow me at John Hayes on air. You can follow Danny at Danny Brams. Cheers to you and, and that beautiful red wine. A, a Sunday evening bottle of red. That's how to after Man. a nice bike ride. Just treat. Yeah. That's how you. That's how you take care of yourself after a tough, tough loss. Well done. Yeah, self care. It's important. It's incredibly oh. important. I'm thinking about putting on a movie tonight. Just kind of. Take my feet up and yeah, take my mind off of what was a tough loss. But but having this conversation with you, hopefully it was cathartic. I, I hope the, the listeners who um, are either watching us here on our on our YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe. By the way, if you're listening to the show and you haven't checked us out on YouTube, get over there. Uh, you can see us recording the show on on Sundays. Maybe we'll do this live uh, at some point, Danny. We yeah, at some point. Yeah, we'll figure uh, out that technology on a Sunday and uh it's it's pretty simple you just you know we can just stream it on we can stream on our uh twitter page and and on youtube live at the same time so i'll get distracted by the uh the chat boxes i'll start answering people's chat questions and <laughs> maybe derail the entire episode but who knows we'll still be fun so let's let's everybody just kind of get off the get the work week started off right it's it's if you're listening to this on a monday morning a monday afternoon tuesday morning whenever you're listening to the show we appreciate you being here uh, make sure you give us a rating, drop us a review on Charlotte Soccer Show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, there's no sugarcoating it. This has been an absolute shit start to the season. It's it's one that we we didn't want. And Danny Brams have safe uh, a safe flight out there to is it Nashville this year? Driving, you? driving to Nashville, driving oh. across the Smokies. I, Nashville's right at the outer limit of where I will drive when I uh, get sent get sent there for work. So. Uh, uh, if it was a little bit further, I'd have to take a flight. But I do love the drive through uh, the mountains of North Carolina and Tennessee. It's beautiful. Pass through Knoxville and on to Nashville. Beautiful. Maybe maybe we'll we'll find some time to do a second YouTube episode this week, um, just previewing the match. If 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 if, um, if you're not going to be at EPR on Thursday night, maybe we just hop on YouTube and get it done. Either way, whether it's me. 
whether it's Danny, whether it's the both of us, we're going to be back later this week. I think my hotel has Wi-Fi, so I'm, I should be available. Sometimes it's nice when the hotel doesn't have Wi-Fi. That, that's <laughs> right? called a that's right? called a vacation. That's called exactly. a beach vacation where no internet is is of no mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's all I have for tonight. I uh, appreciate everybody being here. Um, and listen, stick together. Let's let's not let's let's not over this you know this next week heading into Atlanta start to become even more divided than we already are mm-hmm. within the Charlotte FC supporters group within the fan base. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's. Royal family. Gel together, just like this back line needs to gel together. Yep. So Beautiful. Um, well said. And, we need, and we'll have United Front because, you know, we get into that building on, on Saturday and it's it's um, early support, kicks support for the players. It's a noon kick. It, it should be uh, it should Man. be three points. And and, and uh, I'm going to make my official prediction now. It's, it's three points. It's a win for Charlotte FC on Saturday against Atlanta. I do think they bounce back. We'll tell you why, though, later in the week. But for Danny, I'm John, as always. For the crown, baby. <laughs>